This is Ready to Real Estate, a TREB podcast. Each month, we interview experts in the field, discuss the data, and explore all facets of the housing market. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or a seasoned real estate professional, you will benefit from our insightful conversations and gain property intelligence as we discover more about the key issues shaping our industry. Now here's our host, Jason Mercer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ready to Real Estate. I'm your host, Jason Mercer, TREB's Chief Market Analyst. These days, social media is the first place people go when researching anything, including a realtor. But creating content, especially video content, can be intimidating. That's where best-selling author, CEO, and realtor Karen Carr can help. In 2005, Carr moved to a new market in Savannah, Georgia. She started using YouTube as a tool to create a presence for herself in her new market. Within just two years, her business was soaring. She now has more than 15,000 YouTube subscribers and 40,000 organic views per month. Her team generates 80% of their closings from YouTube and averages three to five leads daily. Carr's success and love of YouTube led her to create a new video marketing training program for other agents. She founded Karen Carr Coaching and hosts the free online community Video Boss Agent to help real estate professionals grow their businesses with video. Karen Carr joins me today. Welcome, Karen, and great having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jason. I love talking about this topic, so I appreciate being here. That's great. And, you know, I'll, I'll jump right in. It's obvious from the introduction and, and uh, getting to know you a little bit as we set this show up that using video yourself, you're, you're very comfortable with it. But when people start using social media to promote themselves or their businesses, why do you think the video is often the tool they find most challenging? Oh, gosh, I think we all have the same struggles. Like at the very beginning, you're thinking, I'm not young enough. I'm not thin enough. I've got too many wrinkles. I've got gray hair. I'm going to be judged. People are going to make fun of me. I'm going to be, you know, trolled in the comments. People are going to laugh at me. You know, my children are always telling me like, you think you're way cooler than you really are. You know, we think that we're going to be made fun of. And so we let that stop us. But the only way to get over your fear of being on camera is to just start. And you have to know my earliest videos are going to stink. My first five, 10, 20 videos are not going to be anything that I should really be super proud of. But the only way that you get over that hurdle of hearing your voice, I hear this all the time. Like, I hate the way my voice sounds. Well, guess what? That's how it sounds to everyone except you. You are the only one that hears it differently. In your own head, you hear it dif differently. So how do you get over that? You listen to yourself over and over and over again. You eventually become desensitized to it. But if you don't ever start, you'll never get over that hurdle. So at the beginning, of course, I hated watching myself on camera and I hated listening to it while I was doing the editing. Now I just don't care. Why? Because I do it every day, all day. It doesn't bother me anymore. But you have to start in order to get over that. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, just just using you know myself as a uh, a bit of an anecdote. 
uh, you know, the Trev membership today is used to me talking about the market and going on TV and, and, and that type of thing. But it's true. Like if you were to look back a decade and, and look at, you know, the first time on TV or the first time presenting, and certainly we have videos ourselves at uh, uh, Trev, I mean, it's just a progression over time. And, sure. uh, you know, you, you grow organically and, and you get better at it with, uh, you know, with each time. So, you know, I, I think it's really good advice. It's, you got to kind of jump in and take the good with the bad. Um, why, why should business owners and including realtors create video content? What's so powerful about using video versus the other mediums? Oh, so I've been licensed since 2005. So it's what 17 and something years at this point. And I have never gotten potential clients who contacted me before who said, I feel like I know you already, and I'm not even interviewing anybody else. So a hundred percent, I know that video is the reason for that. They watch a video and then they watch another one and then they watch another one and they really feel like they get to know you. So to them, it is the same as you meeting them at the supermarket and having a big old conversation to you. You're like, I don't know who this person is. We've never talked before, but to them, they feel like they know you already. And so when they decide we are ready to move. We need to hire someone to help us. And they call you. They've already decided that you are their agent. It is hands down the best way to generate new business that I've ever discovered. And I've tried it all just like you guys have. Like I've done door knocking and cold calling and postcards and farming a neighborhood and wearing my name tag to the supermarket upside down because somebody might stop me and tell them, oh, your, your name tag is upside down and it will stri strike up a conversation. I've gone to the mall and passed out business cards. Like I've tried everything too. This is hands down the most effective and the most fun. And it's free. Like putting a video up on the internet does not cost you any money. And to what degree, I mean, you, you know, you've listed off a lot of, you know, I guess, tried and true techniques, quote unquote, that, uh, that realtors will use to, you know, drum up business um, and, 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 and build their, 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 their client base to what degree have you put, you know, the rest of that stuff aside and uh, just rely on the videos versus, you know, sort of following up on the video with some of these other techniques. I mean, you can absolutely do that if you want to. That's what I chose to do. So right. I have a website. And at the time when I started making videos, I was also blogging. And I really enjoy blogging because I don't enjoy cold calling. I don't enjoy being the person that initiates the conversation because I always feel like I'm being intrusive. Like, hey, who do you know that wants to buy or sell? Like if I'm the one starting that conversation, I just, I don't enjoy it. But if they call me, I will answer that phone and talk to them all day long. So I was thinking, how can I generate more inbound inquiries? Because then they're a warm lead. They're not a cold lead. And I really enjoy blogging. I would write articles. They're not amazing. I'm not, I didn't go to college to be a writer, but I can write, I can put a sentence together and it sounds very conversational. And then if I could make a video that went along with the blog, within a year, that's where all of our business was coming from. So I just stopped doing all the other stuff. I stopped, I, st I stopped spending money on advertising. I thought if instead of running an ad, instead of doing a Facebook ad saying, I've got a secret list of off-market listings. Don't you want to get my list? And I'm spending $10 a day or whatever it is on Facebook ads. What if I just took that budget and I bought a really nice microphone instead? So I did. You know, what if I just bought a really nice camera? Now, the phones now are so good, you don't need a camera. If you have an iPhone 13, 
holy cow, the camera in that phone is amazing. You don't need to go buy a camera, but if you want to, or you want to buy a GoPro or you want to buy a really good gimbal or something like that, you totally can. But then you make a video and you put it on social media or you put it on YouTube, that does not cost you anything. And if you're doing it well, you don't need to pay to advertise it. It will get found all by itself. That's why YouTube is my platform of choice because Google owns it. And so Google wants YouTube videos to show up on page one of Google search results all day long. In fact, before we jumped on, I just did an experiment. So I got on Google, I went to an incognito window and I searched for something that had nothing to do with real estate. I searched for, um, I bought a new hair dryer that has a brush attachment and it was like how to use a blow dryer brush to make waves in your hair. And a hundred videos showed up on page one and they were all YouTube videos. Not one of them was from Instagram. Not one of them was from TikTok. Not one of them was from LinkedIn. They were all from YouTube. Why? Because Google owns it. So Google wants to promote its own content and keep you on the platforms that it uses. So you make a video, you put it on YouTube, it will show up on page one of Google search results if it's a topic that people are searching for. So I just figured... I'm going to go all in with this video thing and see what happens. And within a year, I was forming a team because I was so busy. I couldn't handle all of the inbound leads myself. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense. I mean, you know, I, I fixed my washing machine a couple of weeks back and that was the first thing that came up when I said how to do this or that was, you know, a bunch of videos on it. So uh, it, it applies to all different, you know, streams. Now, I mean, I, I, I think you've given a pretty good, um, you know, sort of rundown on why YouTube's best, especially vis-a-vis -vis the, the Google search. Um, have you tried the other mediums? Or are you like 100% YouTube? So thinking of Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, um, you know, do you dabble in that as well? Or is it 100% YouTube all the time? Uh, for me, it's pretty much 100% YouTube all the time. People tell me that I really need to learn the other platforms. And in theory, it sounds good to me. But here's the deal. I know myself and I know that if I try to spread myself too thin, I will get overwhelmed and then I will do none of it. And I have a dear friend who is trying to get me to do Instagram reels. And we went to the NAR conference in Orlando over the weekend. Yep. And while we were there, she's like, pull out your phone, let's record some reels. And I, I could do it while she was standing there next to me, making me do it. I haven't done anything since I left the conference because it's just not my jam. It's not my medium. It's not my favorite platform. I love the YouTube platform. I love the YouTube environment. I like that. I don't have to dance. I don't have to find trending audio. I don't have to figure out in my head, where am I going to point and what's going to pop up on the screen? Like when I think of all of that stuff, it just, it makes me say, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do any of it. I would so much rather sit at my desk. Like I am right now, flip on the camera and say, Interest rates are doing blah, 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 blah. They're double what they were a year ago. Does that mean it's too late to buy? No, it doesn't mean that. Here's what it means for you. No waiving the appraisal. No going over the asking price. No giving away your firstborn child in order to get your offer accepted. Yes, the interest rates are higher than they were a year ago. If they go down, refinance the house. Problem solved. Like I could totally make a video talking about that with very little advanced planning. Like, I really just need to say, what am I going to talk about? And then maybe make myself a bulleted list of talk about this, talk about this, talk about this, and then just turn on the camera and go. It doesn't require a lot of pre-planning on my part. 
Now I've been a realtor for 17 years, so I feel like I can talk about this stuff. If I was newly licensed, I'd probably do a little bit of research and I'd have, you know, a list of notes of these are the things I want to bring up. But at this point in my career, I feel like I could talk about this stuff in my sleep. So it doesn't take a lot of pre-planning other than to make sure that I'm presentable on camera. And that's pretty much it. And even right now I'm wearing a turtleneck sweater. I'm not wearing a three-piece suit. I'm not super dressed up. I am presentable. Like if I met a client right now, I would feel perfectly fine. I'm not wearing a t-shirt and sweatpants, Right. but it's not like, okay, I need to go hire the videographer and I need to have him come follow me around all day. It's not, it's not that kind of a production. It's very, very basic. Well, that makes sense. And uh, so you definitely made your case for YouTube versus, you know, some of the other uh, platforms. And certainly, you know, people go, they buy a microphone, they buy a nice camera, they make their video. And in all likelihood, they'll they'll get some hits just from some organic searches. But I guess, how can you step it up from there and make your content more searchable or easier to find when someone's doing that Google search? Oh, this is my favorite topic. I'm really glad you asked. So I use a keywords, a, a keyword, um, Oh gosh, I'm blanking on it. Uh, a keyword search tool called Keywords Everywhere. So if you go to keywordseverywhere.com, it's $10 US and it gives you 100,000 search credits. So I will think, okay, I want to make a video talking about interest rates. And is it too late to buy? Did, did you miss the boat? You didn't buy last summer and now it's too late. That's what you're thinking. So I would say, okay, if I were the consumer, what would I be typing into the Google search bar? And I would just experiment. Is it, is it too late to buy a house? Can you buy a house when interest rates are 7%? Um, should I wait to buy a house? And just start typing in those types of phrases. And this tool will tell you how many people are searching that exact phrase on a monthly basis and how competitive it is. So on a scale of one to a hundred, if it's getting a 99, that is very, very, very competitive. You could make a video on that topic. It's going to show up on page 172 of the search results. So probably not worth your time. But if it gets a seven out of a hundred, you're probably going to rank on page one of Google search results. So you're trying to find a good balance of there's a lot of demand for the topic, but there's not a lot of content out there using that phrase. And then I go make my video using that phrase. So I put it in the title. I say it in the video. I put it in the description below the video. I put it in the tags. Like I put it everywhere so that when somebody searches either on YouTube or on Google, I want that video to show up at the top of the search results. That makes a lot of sense. And I think it's a nice segue into my next topic. So you've decided you want to do video. You've you've kind of honed in on YouTube, maybe because you watch this podcast and think, hey, these are really great points. Um, but before you hit record, you know, what else do you need to do? Um, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, content strategy. You've talked a little bit about identifying your your, your target target audience through, you know, search strings, et cetera, and then just sort of crafting your message, sort of. I guess if I was planning my first video, what are some of the steps that I ought to take before I hit that record button? Okay. Oh, so many ideas. So you want to decide who are you talking to? Who are you trying to attract with this video? Too many people try to attract everyone. So they, they talk to sellers and buyers in the same video. They talk to people who've bought and sold 15 houses over the course of their life and the renter who has yet to become a first-time buyer. You can't do that. You have to figure out who am I specifically talking to with this content 
And then that's all that I talk about in this video. So you don't say whether you're looking to buy or sell. No, you are a renter. You want to buy your very first house. This is how we're going to do it. And I'm talking to this one specific person. Then I'm thinking, what do I want them to do after this video is over? What kind of call to action do I want to have? I have found just saying, here's my phone number, call me, does not work very well. People, like, you know how it is. You walk into a store and the salesperson says, can I help you? And you say, no, thanks. Even though you're there to buy a three-piece suit for your son's first wedding, like you have a very specific purpose in mind and you still say, no, I don't need any help <laughs> because we don't want to be sold to. Right. So if I just say, you want to buy a house, call me. It doesn't, it doesn't work very well for me. So instead I say, all right, so now, you know what we're going to do to be able to put you in a position to buy your first house. But do you know how much you're going to need for a down payment? I have a free cheat sheet that you can download telling you all of your different options. And we talk about VA and FHA and USDA and government grants and all that kind of stuff. Click here to download it. They go to my website, they download the free thing. Now, when they put in their name, email, and phone number, I get all their contact information. And 90% of the time it's real information because I have earned their trust by providing this video. So now that they feel like they know me and they like my personality and they don't feel like I'm an annoying salesperson, they usually put in valid information. And so then I can follow up with them. For some reason to them, that is less threatening than just picking up the phone and calling me. However, the people that do pick up the phone and call you, they are raring to go right now. Those are great quality leads. They are ready, willing, and able, and they are probably going to do a, a transaction in the very foreseeable future. So I still put my phone number where they can easily find it. So if they do want to talk to me, they can call me right away. But if I say, go get this free thing from my website, I get a ton of those leads every single day and they are real people that we can, they might say, well, I'm not ready yet, maybe six months from now, but that's okay because now we're in a, in a communication. We're talking, we have a dialogue and I can email them. I can call them. I can text them all of the things. So I love to do that. Or I love to say, watch another video. So now that you know what you need to do to get ready to buy your first house, I don't know, here are the top three things we're going to do to improve your credit score. For example, watch this video next. And so you tell them which video to watch next, why it is relevant to them, why it will help them. They go and they watch it. This does two things. It gives you more face time with them. So they get to know you even more and get to like you even more. But more importantly, it tells the YouTube algorithm that they really like your videos. And so now the YouTube algorithm is going to put more of your videos in front of this person every time they jump on YouTube. And they start to think, oh my gosh, Jason is like the only realtor in town because every time I get on YouTube, I see all of his videos. Yeah. Well, it's hundred percent not true. Right. But they think that because the YouTube algorithm keeps showing them more of your videos. So if you can get them to binge watch your content, like it's a foregone conclusion with the, when they're ready to buy the house, they're going to call you and they're going to say, oh, Jason, your videos are so helpful. I've been watching all of these videos. Thank you so much. Like, I didn't think we were ever going to be able to do it. My credit score was 550. And now like, I'm super excited and I think I can do it. And we have you to thank for it. Oh my gosh. It just makes you feel like superhero of the world. And the fact that if you say, you know, great, are you talking to any other agents? No, of course not. You are our person. And when you get those types of people, they don't ask you to reduce your commission. They don't ask for a kickback. They're not looking for whoever's going to do it the cheapest or the fastest. You've already proven your value to them. 
and they are just grateful to be even working with you that you could pencil them into your busy schedule. Like these people are the greatest clients you'll ever get. Yeah, that's great. I mean, so, you know, identifying your target audience first off and then and then crafting your message properly is really important. And I guess, you know, your, your success is measured number one by how many calls you're getting to, you know, list the house or help the person right. buy a house or, or what have you. So, I mean, I guess that's just the, the, the greatest metric you can use to, to measure success, but there must be other ways like when you're, when you're measuring the, the impact of your videos and the impact on, uh, on your business. And so thinking about, you know, any other, you know, social media measurement tools and, and, and getting a sense as to how powerful that message is. Um, in terms of analytics, what 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 are some of the uh, um, you know the, the the tools you're using and, and measurements that that you're looking at on a daily basis to you know sort of measure your success and and understand if your if your message is getting better or if you have to hone things a little bit or what have you? Okay, sure. First, I want to say the subscriber count does not matter. So don't freak out when you look at your channel and you're like, I only have 50 subscribers. I have 15,000 subscribers at this point, which truthfully is not a lot. Like if you look at people with an Instagram account that have a hundred thousand followers, I have 15,000. It's not that many. And when I look at the analytics on my channel, 80% of the people who watch the videos are not subscribed to the channel. So don't like worry about the number of subscribers. It's really irrelevant. We want to get them to binge watch the content. That is so much more important. And they can do that even if they are not subscribed to your channel. And the YouTube algorithm will show them your videos every time they get on, even if they are not subscribed. So don't worry about that. What I do love to look at is you log into your YouTube channel, you go to the analytics section, and you can look at how many new subscribers did I get over the course of the month, over 90 days, over the whole year? We want to see that you are growing. We want to see that the channel is growing over time, but it's not like, oh, I didn't get any subscribers today. Therefore, this is a complete waste of time. Like, don't, don't, you know, don't do that to yourself. You will talk yourself out of making videos if you just focus too much on stuff that's not really really all that important. I do like to look at the audience retention graph for every video that I make. So you will look at a specific video and there is this bar of hundred percent of the people clicked on the video and started to watch it. How many of them are still watching by the very end? And ideally we want to have more than 40% of the people still watching at the end, the higher that number, the better. And there's another little, um, it's like a blue vertical bar, the first 30 seconds, how many people are still watching at the 30 second mark. And ideally we want it to be higher than 70%. So the people click on it are at least 70% of them still watching at the 30 second mark. If the answer is no, then it's your content right. and you have to be pretty ruthless and say, okay, I'm going to watch my video back. Why did they all leave? Why did people just abandon the video in the first 30 seconds? And usually it's because I said, hi, I'm Karen Carr. I'm a realtor in Savannah, Georgia with real broker. And what they hear is, hi, I'm an annoying salesperson. <laughs> so we don't want that to be the first thing out of your mouth. Yes, you have to disclose it, but it does not need to be the first thing out of your mouth when your video starts. Instead, we want to give them what they clicked on like the information that they clicked on your video to get, we want to give it to them as quickly as possible. So let's say that your video was called, 
I'm just going to use the same example of the interest rates have gone up. What about, is it too late to buy a house in late 2022? The answer may surprise you. And so they click on it. If you spend the first minute talking about yourself and all of your designations and what a big shot you are and you're, how you're a top producer, and we show a montage of you driving up in your purple Lamborghini, looking like you know a big deal, they have no patience for that and they just don't care. So they will leave your video and then no one will see the amazing content that you have later because they left. So we have to get right into it. You're thinking about buying a house, but now the interest rates are 7%. Oh my gosh, is it too late? I'm going to tell you a couple of little known things you probably haven't thought about. And I'm going to totally change your mind by the end of this video. Thanks for coming back to my channel. I'm Karen Carr. I am a realtor in Savannah, Georgia. And now I'm going to start talking about the topic of the day. So yes, I said it, but it wasn't the very first thing out of my mouth. And we're going to watch that audience retention graph. And there will be little spikes where people replayed it and they watched it multiple times. And there will be dips where people left and you have to watch those and say, okay, what was I saying right there? What was on screen at that moment that either made them watch it multiple times or they left the video. And then you just have to take notes of, okay, note to self, don't ever say that again. That was a big bomb. Or, ooh, when I put the graph on screen, they watched it multiple times. I should do that more often. I should show the graph on screen more times. And every person will be different. Your personality is different. The way that you are on camera is different. The way that you present the information is different. So I can't tell you what will be best for you. But you will be able to tell that for yourself just by looking at your own audience retention graphs. Right. And you got to be honest with yourself um, in terms of, you know, what works and, and what doesn't and be prepared to, to, to adapt over time, which is kind of where we started our conversation, you know, today as well as you kind of got to jump in and, uh, and, and start working with it organically over time and, and, you know, learn what works and, and what doesn't. Um, we're, we're almost at the, the end of our time today, but I wanted to ask you a question just in terms of, you know, how things have changed over the last year in terms of, you know, your, 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 your plan and framework that you use putting out these videos, because, you know, there's a lot of similarities between the the U.S. housing market and the Canadian housing market, and, and certainly on both sides of the border, we've seen a lot of uncertainty uh, bubble up um, over the last few months as, as interest rates have, have gone higher. Um, do you find that you have more people turning to your videos as that sort of level of uncertainty has increased? Like you mentioned, you know, making videos about, you know, is it still a good time to buy a house, etc. Uh, do you find the time during these times of, uh, of, of uncertainty versus say where we were a year or two years ago, you've seen more people relying on, on, on your message than say when the market was really tight? Yes. I, I will say that we are getting fewer inbound leads on a daily basis as people have kind of put on the brakes and they're a little bit fearful and they're pulling back, but the number of views on the videos is going up. So I know that people are doing the research and they're afraid to pull the trigger, but they are still looking for reassurance. And, you know, I, I worked during the last big recession in 2007, eight, nine, especially 2007, boy, I couldn't give a house away. The The buyers were afraid to buy because prices were plummeting sure. and the sellers couldn't sell because nobody wanted to buy. And so 2007 was like a terrible year. I thought I was going to have to go back to corporate America and get a real job because I couldn't sell any houses. 
And I saw tons and tons and tons of real estate agents leave the industry during that time. So I, I really think this is going to happen again. It's easy to sell a house when the market is hot. It's hard to sell a house when it's not so hot. So if you're seeing your competition leaving the industry, this is a time for you to really double down on this type of content, because when the market starts to turn again, you're going to be way up here where other people are just starting. People will just be starting to do videos and you've got a hundred videos on your channel or on your whatever platform you decide to do. So I really think that now is the time to go all in with the strategy while it is a little bit slower because you will be establishing yourself as the local expert. And when they're Googling it and they're looking for this information and they're finding you, and yes, I am still in business. Maybe the market has turned, but I'm still here and I'm still able to help you. And now there's only 10 of us to choose from instead of 50 you're really positioning yourself to take advantage of this changing market. Well, Karen Carr, I want to thank you very much. I mean, you've made a ton of points today. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I know when, you know, Treb's 70,000 plus members and and and, and partner board uh, system users, when they watch this video, I think they're going to, you know, garner a lot of great information that can help them as, as we move through these more un uncertain times. So again, thank you very much for, for taking the time out to, to take part in our show today. Of course. Thank you for having me. It was a great pleasure. And thanks to all of you listening in. Don't miss another episode. Subscribe to Treb's Ready to Real Estate podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to you all for joining us, and we'll see you again next time. That's it for us. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media and visit our website, treb.ca. That's T-R-R-E-B to find market insights and more. This has been another episode of Ready to Real Estate. Thanks for tuning in.